Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one minute till a time. It is Thursday. That means we get the one and only Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing great. One of the things I love about our conversations is we're, we're able to sit on both sides of the fence, right? I'm predominantly a residential kind of single family, two through four guy. Uh, you're traditionally more of a, a larger multifamily syndicator, right? Been, been in the game a while. Uh, but we are often subject to the same environmental factors. And I don't know about you, but I have seen mortgage rates shoot up uh, rather aggressively. Actually, only one other time over the last 50 years have they moved this fast. And that was Paul Volcker time, obviously. Um, But yeah, potentially 250 basis points over a 12-week period is quite a move in residential. Uh, We've seen purchasing power decline 20-some percent uh, in residential space. So I get asked a lot about residential, but I thought I would ask you, what happens to multifamily when cost of capital jumps this much and jumps this fast? Is there an impact? Oh, yeah. I mean, so the, the immediate impact is going to be on people who have deals in contract already. Hmm. Right? They've underwritten that one, uh, you know, one debt uh, mm-hmm. service that they thought they were going to get, one, well, sorry, one debt cost that they thought they were going to get. Mm-hmm. And uh, now suddenly they're finding themselves before closing with an entirely different debt cost. Right. And um, that is going to be a major problem for people, right? Because what that means, the bank, here's what's going to happen. Rates are going to jump. Well, the way, so the way that this works is, mm-hmm. um, you know, banks are making their calculation based on your rent roll and expenses and what ratio by which you can cover the debt service. And what they require, generally speaking, at least for sort of traditional lenders, not talking about private lenders and stuff or bridge yeah. debt, the traditional lenders, uh, they require a 1.25x debt service coverage ratio or DSCR as we call okay. it. And so what that means is your, uh, your net operating income must be 1.25 times or 125% of your debt service for them to qualify you for the loan or to qualify the deal for the loan. What happens is if your, your debt service is, you know, that number is highly dependent on the interest rate. Right? I mean, that's essentially what determines your monthly cost yeah. to service your debt. So if you suddenly jump by 50 basis points, 100 basis points, your monthly you know, number that you have to hit for debt service or that you have to pay for debt service is going to go up, mm-hmm. which means that your... Uh, revenue, sorry, your net operating income must also go up by enough to cover, to still make it 1.25x, right? And when that, if if interest rates jump, what will happen is the bank is going to turn around and it could be the day, you know, it depends on how quickly they go up, Mm -hmm. but the the bank is going to turn around and say, hey, Mr. Borrower, uh, we now are going to charge you this much more interest. It means your debt service coverage ratio has to be this much higher, or since it's not, we're going to reduce proceeds 
right? right. So that there, so please come up with, you know, another million dollars of equity if you want to get right. this deal done. And uh, that is uh, very likely to happen to a lot of people. Now, those, so that's the immediate, that's sort of like the most painful immediate effect of this. Let right? me, let me oh. ask you just a couple of quick questions about that. Cause I don't know that a lot of my viewers kind of understand the time frame, right? In the residential space, it's not uncommon to get a rate lock once you're in escrow and you can close and, and rates are kind of known. Are there such things in commercial, right? Cause so, commercial properties are typically longer underwriting and all of that. Are those things involved? Yeah, So you can get a rate lock okay. in a multifamily, but it costs money. Right. Okay. So, yeah. um, so it's possible. And if you think that rates are, are, are not, um, you know, not stable, you might want to rate lock, right. Okay. To, to prevent this from happening. Um, now another place. So, and also just so you understand, like the closing timeframe is, I mean, even now with everybody closing fast, um, you know, fast is a relative term. You're still talking like, I think, oh, I'm sorry about this. <laughs> Somebody's trying to get a hold of you. No, I mean, on this email chain about like, this conference I'm having later this year, to which you guys are all invited more, more and more news later. Yeah. Uh, but this people are, the, the co-organizers are sending a bunch of texts and I can't figure out how to turn it off. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me try this. But anyway, um, the, uh, it always seems like whenever I turn this off, it doesn't really work anyway. So I don't really understand why that happens but uh anyway um where were we oh so even even at like a like a really really fast closing where the, the buyer is willing to take a lot of risk you know in, in, mm -hmm. in condensing their closing period you're still talking a month right mm -hmm. generally okay speaking. and so a lot can you know if things are changing that much in a month yeah. you can still find yourself on the wrong side of this but more typically you're looking at 60 days 90 days to close yeah that's, that's important right because again i that was what i thought i mean I, yeah. It's probably more common. I mean, if you're doing, we're talking hundred million dollar deals, sometimes 50 million, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of units, yeah. a, a 90 day close is probably not unheard of. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, and listen, when I got into the business, it was 120 day closes. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. So 90 days to do due diligence and then another 30 days to kind of wrap it up, you know, or 60 days for due diligence and 30 for financing and 30 mm -hmm. more for sort of whatever happens to come okay. up thing. Uh, but now, of course, that doesn't happen because everyone's yeah. creating the deals. Um, so, but anyway, you've got this very long period of time during which your debt can jump around. Yeah. It's very stable for a long time, which is, I think, one reason why people had not been rate locking. They had not, I mean, I, I think on my first deal, I was required to rate lock, hmm. right? Um, and because the banks were skittish, right? So they were like, pay us, right? right, right. Um, but the, uh, but then interest rates became quite stable for a long time. And even if they move, they move pretty gradually, right? So we, nobody was rate locked. You were rate locking like, you know, the day of the day your deal came, mm. it was closing or the day before or something like that. So okay. um, the, uh, and literally like, so anyway, so when the, when the bank sees interest rates going up, they reduce your proceeds. So it's really painful for people who are in process. Another place where it's really painful is a couple of years ago, there were a lot of multifamily investors who were making the argument that if you are not taking variable rate debt, you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. The argument went, interest rate rates are going to stay low forever. Variable rate mortgages are cheaper. There, there's very little risk here. So you should take variable rate mortgages, right? And 
Yeah. Um, and all those people who did that, now you could also buy a rate lock or a rate cap for that, that, sure. that guaranteed your interest rate was not going to go above a certain threshold. Not cheap to do, right? Uh, but people were doing, you know, there, it was a deal cost. People were doing that. But even with a rate cap, I think a lot of people were buying the rate caps, but thinking like, this is never going to happen, right? And so mm -hmm. now for people with adjustable rate mortgages, they're going to feel pain, right? If they haven't been able to yeah. improve their NOI, you know, enough. And, and what can happen too, if you're, well, people also don't realize probably because it's very different from a you know, residential mortgage. In a residential mortgage, as long as you're paying your debt service, the bank doesn't care. Right? Exactly. That, that people need to hear this. There are so many differences, right? I, what I'm hearing from you is there are lots of different ripples that could cause pain in multifamily. Residential, once it's locked, you're done. 30 years, you're good to go. Don't have to think about it. Yeah. And, and as long as you pay it, you'll never hear from the bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like just, and they don't care where the money comes from. Mm -mm. As long as they get paid, that they don't care. They don't reappraise. They don't go back and look at the property. Nothing. For, right? for a commercial mortgage, you have to submit your banks. Your, you have to submit financials every quarter. And they're going to look at those financials. And they're going to make sure that you stay above that 1.25x threshold. Mm. Right? So if something happens on your property where... Now, this this won't affect... Uh, I mean, this will affect you if you have a variable rate mortgage, right? Mm -hmm, for if sure. Something happens on your property where you've got, uh, you know factory closes down and a bunch of people lose their jobs, right? Mm -hmm. And now, and your, and your occupancy goes down. Mm -hmm. That might cause you to fall below that 1.25 X debt service coverage ratio. And even if you are making your debt service, right? And even if you're not that far below that threshold, so you're making your debt service reasonably comfortable, they can do what's called uh, cash management. And if they put mm -hmm. you into cash management, what happens is they basically seize all your bank accounts, right? Oof. And they, they will give you only your budgeted expense numbers, right? So they make you provide a budget each year and they'll give you your budgeted expense numbers like in, in a payment and they'll hold everything else, mm -hmm. right? And they're making all the payments for you for everything, for your insurance, your taxes, and they're holding everything else in a reserve for you, mm -hmm. which you can only get back if you then get your... DSCR back over 1.3, right? So they make wow. you hit an additional hurdle. And sometimes they make you hit it for two quarters in a row before <laughs> they release the funds. Wow. Look, now think about what happens though. If you can be operate, nothing can go wrong with your property, but if you have a variable rate mortgage and now your payment goes up, mm -hmm. you can't hit the DSCR. Now you're in cash management and you haven't even done anything wrong. Yeah. Nothing changed on your property, but your debt service has gone up and now the bank says, okay, buddy, uh, you're in cash management, now, mm -hmm. right? So, um, so that can happen, right? Then on the larger, the thing that will happen sort of more slowly as interest rates go up mm -hmm. is that, uh, that banks will just lend just to give you lower proceeds. Right? Yeah. So <clears throat> they will, so they're, they're not going to give you 75% mm -hmm. anymore. They'll only give you 67% or 65% or 60% or whatever it works out to. Yeah. And so that means you have to raise more equity. It means that the, your investor returns go down. That makes it harder to raise money. And, um, and even if there are people are still kind of desperate to invest in deals, it's just, it's just harder all around and less attractive. Mm -hmm. But also what, what will happen at some point, you know, there, there are lots of syndicators who struggle to raise the funds they need. If you're yep. suddenly now telling them that, well, 
you've got to raise 35% yeah. rather than 25%. They can't, they can't make it. Yeah. Right. So, uh, isn't there also a lot? I mean, the longest poll in this is a lot of these syndicators, their exit was there. The story was, we're going to refi out, and give you all your money back and still own the building, right? That works when rates are flat. But if right. rates double or go up 150%, a lot of those romantic exits aren't going to happen, maybe? Yeah. So that, that, yes, that is another thing that is going to happen, sort of in the short run i guess or medium mm -hmm. term it depends on when their debt service is coming due right but if they're if they finance with bridge debt and they're going to then go to perm and now suddenly you know the uh interest rates are higher that means fewer proceeds right on the refi yeah and so it means potentially in the worst case scenario if they haven't uh you know gotten enough if they haven't gotten all the rent bumps that they've wanted to now unfortunately for, for them right now rents have gone up a lot. So probably not a lot of people are in this position, but still in theory anyway, mm -hmm. you could be in a position where you can't refinance uh, as much as you thought you would. And now you've got to go to your investors with a capital call, right? Yeah. So, uh, and, and on the refinance, I think a lot of people don't realize this. On refi, even though for purchase money mortgages, you can generally get 75% loan to value. On refi, you can generally only get 70%. So you've already got a 5% delta there, but you, mm -hmm. but you but you know the 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 plan is you're going to execute this value add. You're going to increase the value of the property so much that even a seventy percent refi, you've got more than enough proceeds to take out your original debt, and yeah. hopefully you've got some more left to pay investors back. You know, either completely completely is a stretch, honestly, completely or partly, right? Mm -hmm. You're reducing the risk in the deal. Yeah. So. Um, that's the idea. But if interest rates go up, it just makes that much more difficult to, to pull off. Right. Yeah, I, th so, I, th I think there's a lot of surprising coming to the commercial multifamily office. I mean, just it, it's the debt structures and rates yeah. have gone up. And um, I don't know if you're in the market for debt. So if you don't know, it's totally okay. Uh, but again, rates were three months ago in the threes and today they're low fives. Do you know? Yeah. I don't know. I have not checked Fair uh, the, uh, interest rates recently because I haven't been getting any debt. Like, I mean, uh, the debt I'm getting, so I'm doing deals either all cash or mm -hmm. um, I'm doing with my Japanese partners. The debt is from Japan, so it's totally different. And Got it. I'm not right. on that side of it. My partners are de dealing with the debt. So, no but I know that they did, actually yesterday, we did have a discussion though about the fact that interest rates are rising. I think that they're rising even in Japan, frankly, mm. even, but from a very, very low level. Yeah. Right, but it's still it's still yeah, it still makes a difference, right? So sure. uh, it, it it affects the affordability of of apartments, and especially you know the other thing to consider here is that um, when when you have properties that are when you're when you're buying properties at like a four cap, and if you don't know what that means, so let's let's you know multifamily investor speak yeah. for the yield on the property, so. A four cap means it's producing an, a 4% yield if you had no debt. So let's just say really simply, right? The property costs you a million dollars. You're going to pay all cash. Mm -hmm. You're going to make $40,000 a year on that Correct. property. 4% cap, right? Mm -hmm. When you are uh, buying at such a thin margin, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are extremely sensitive to any kind of interest rate rises, right? Because you yeah. are so... If you're already dependent on super low interest rates to, 
to, uh, to enable you to buy the deal, then if interest rates go up even a little bit, the deal doesn't work anymore. So it's like from your perspective, let alone what the bank is going to give you, mm-hmm. right? From your perspective, you're going to offer less. And this is kind of where I was going at the end of this is in the long run or slightly longer run, what's going to happen is people are just going to start offering less for deals because yep. the deal just won't pencil out, right? And yeah. I, I, I've had discussions with people who swear up and down that it's not going to matter because there's so much demand for multifamily and rents are rising so high and blah, 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 blah. The fact yeah. of the matter is when you're underwriting a deal, I mean, you can put whatever numbers you want in there. You can say, I'm going to get a thousand percent rent growth every month. You could. And compound it. And we're going to, you know, we're going to get 12, you know, it's going to work out to 15,000% rent increase. You can make whatever numbers you want, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're doing your underwriting correctly, you're going to be looking at this and scratching your head and saying, I don't think I can make the numbers work at the price that the seller is asking. Yeah. And so that's going to cause people to offer less, right? Yeah. And it will cause everybody to offer less unless they don't know what they're doing. But the thing is, they may offer too much, but then what's going to happen? And I've seen this happen before. Yeah, the bank. Yeah. The banks don't offer them as much as, you know, as much proceeds. And then they, they kill the deal. Right. Yep. So I, I think if interest rates go up, you're going to enter into a period of uh, just less deal volume. Yeah, and I totally agree. Because people will not be able to, the, there will not be a meeting of the minds of seller and buyer mm-hmm. because sellers will continue to hold on to their. Sellers are here, buyers are here. Yeah, they'll continue to hold on to their expectation of crazy pricing and they'll all tell you, oh, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. We're just going to yeah. wait. For we'll them. just wait. Yeah. yeah. We're going to say, because they're going to say, the last time the Fed raised rates, everybody screamed, so they lowered the, them again. So we're not going to sell. We're just going to wait for that to happen. Yeah. And, and so, and, and buyers are going to be like, I can't make the numbers work. Right. So and deal the flow thing, stops. I, I hear this all the time. Oh, there's so much capital on the sidelines. There's unlimited amounts of capital on the sidelines and they are, you know, it'll all go into multifamily no matter what. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the interest rate also affects the desire to invest in stuff because if you can start now, once again, investing in treasury bills, if the risk-free rate of return goes from zero mm-hmm. to 2%, right? Yeah. Believe me, a lot of insurance companies are going to say, We'll just go buy treasuries. It's a whole lot easier than dealing with buying an apartment building and running absolutely, and that yep. is going to reduce the demand for apartment buildings. People, people act as if somehow there's like, you know, endless supply of money. It's crazy money, and and like, and one thing is not connected to another. It's yeah. absolutely the case that when you what when you have higher interest rates and you can, you know, like when you and I you remember when we were kids, like yeah. our parents were getting like. 12% in the bank account. I remember right? I had my first bank account was 12% exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and yeah. so like, you're not going to like go out and buy some risky asset if you can get 12% just sticking your money in the bank. No, no, no. Yeah. Even, even if inflation is 18%, right? The thing is for most people, they're going to, they may make the calculation Well, I'm only losing six if I keep it in the bank. But most people are just going to look at the interest rate like my mom. Yeah, 12 is great. Woohoo. Woohoo. Like I can get 12%, yeah. right? Yeah. So exactly. a lot of people will do that. And they're going to say, why should I go buy this thing? Absolutely. You know, why should I, or why should I go buy a stock that may lose value when I'm going to get, when I'm guaranteed 12% in this bank account, right? Yeah. So insurance companies are making the exact same calculation. And for them, 2% is, I mean, because when you're, when you're, when you put billions into treasuries, yeah, 2% is a lot of cash, exactly, right? So yeah. um, they, that's, their calculation is totally different. I mean, and I think there are a lot of institutional investors that will, you know, money will find its way back into safe investments. Something like else, that. yeah. 
So I guess when I uh, when I think about rates rising, it's going to have an impact on your area, probably in more places than even I expected. If I were to summarize, one is existing deals, right? We're talking about a deal time frame of up to 90 days. Yeah. Maybe if you didn't have a rate lock, the calculations are simply different day 87 versus day seven. That's going to kill some deals. Uh, there are There was a strategy years gone by where multifamily was doing adjustable rate mortgages because there was a belief they wouldn't rise. That's going to be a problem for folks. And then finally, the exit or the refi via cash out refi, all of these things. And then finally, deal flow. I think deal flow, much like our conversation last week about residential supply coming down, I, I think I think transactions slow, uh, yeah. even in multifamily. So again, interest rates matter, folks. Jonathan, where can people find you? So there's a whole bunch of places where you can find me, but uh, one of the immediate ones is my free Facebook group called Multifamily Investment Community, uh, where we talk about stuff like this, and it's free. Uh, so just look for that on Facebook and sign up. Uh, you can also find me at Two Bridges Asset Management. So Google that rather than go to the URL. Just Google Two Bridges Asset Management. You can find my investor form and sign up there if you're an accredited investor and get in on my deals. Uh, got a pretty active pipeline these days. So uh, nice. sign up for that. And uh, you can also, if you are inclined to learn how to do this yourself, you can go to multifamilylaunchpad.org slash join and see all the programs that I offer. Very cool. Thanks, Jonathan. Yep.